Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Tribes are making use of billions of dollars in federal COVID relief money to help strengthen water and sewage infrastructure. At the same time, there's new federal money available for individual tribal residents to fix home water issues and to pay their monthly water bills. It's part of an effort to address the disproportionate number of Native Americans with limited or no ready access to clean drinking water. We'll find out more about it coming up right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Hundreds of geographic features and landmarks in the United States will soon have new names, including 28 sites in Wisconsin. Those sites currently hold the name of a derogatory term for Indigenous women. WXPR's Erin Gottsacker spoke with a mother and daughter from the Lac de Flambeau Band of Lake Superior Chippewa about what the change means to them. Deanne Allen is used to hearing slurs slung her way because of her race. She went to Lakeland Union High School at the peak of the spearfishing controversy and was taunted by protesters and classmates alike. It, it's, it was always a, a negative, foul, swear word type of thing that they were saying to bring you down. A generation later, those derogatory terms haven't gone away. Alan's daughter, Kennedy Mayo, reports similar experiences. Even in high school, like the areas up here, the schools I'd go to and I'd be like slurred at and like the stands because I, you know, was so good, but also it was very obvious I was a native you know, player and a woman. These jeers and slurs aren't just thrown about casually by high school rivals. They're written into the names of streets and lakes and creeks across Wisconsin. And that includes across the Northwoods in Vilas, Forest, Lincoln, Langlade, and Price counties. But soon, some of those names will change. U.S. Department of the Interior Secretary Deb Holland has ordered geographic features with the offensive term to be renamed. For indigenous women like Alan, that is a big deal. To at least give hope to the indigenous women that they mean more than more than that term. Federal officials are now seeking ideas from the public for new names for these sites. Alan hopes some can take on the names they were originally given by indigenous people hundreds of years ago. It's like we're carrying those messages from our mothers and grandmothers that are no longer here that have fought so hard back then in more difficult situations, um, and hopefully they're up there looking down that it's finally getting to this point in time. It's a point in time that Alan hopes marks a shift so that her newborn granddaughter can grow up in a better world. I'm Erin Gottsacker. A new medical facility on the Navajo Nation in Arizona is nearly complete. As Arizona Public Radio's Ryan Heinches reports, it will eventually serve thousands of people on the southwest portion of the vast reservation. Construction of the 154,000-square-foot Dilcon Medical Center began in 2019. Crews faced setbacks along the way because of shortages of building materials and COVID-19-related supply chain issues. Nonetheless, the facility is set to open this summer, almost two years 
years ahead of schedule. The medical center includes isolation rooms that were specially built to separate COVID patients, and the hospital will utilize solar panels and natural lighting to lower energy costs. It'll also include on-site housing to accommodate more than 100 staff members and medical personnel. Tribal leaders, including Navajo President Jonathan Nez, recently toured the facility, which they say is 95 percent complete. Currently, residents of Dilcon and other surrounding rural communities have to drive 40 minutes to the off-reservation city of Winslow for the nearest medical care. Officials will hold an opening ceremony in July and expect the hospital to begin accepting patients in August. The limited number of medical facilities on the Navajo Nation faced critical staff, bed, and supply shortages during the height of the pandemic, and COVID patients were frequently taken off the reservation for care. At one point in 2020, the tribe had the highest per capita rate of new coronavirus infections in the nation. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heinches in Flagstaff. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Native American Disability Law Center. Just a call away at 800-862-7271. A not-for-profit 501c3. Providing support for your civil rights. Support by the Gathering of Nations Powwow, a live event taking place April 29th and 30th on the powwow grounds of Expo New Mexico, featuring song, dance, trader's market, horse parade, and more. Tickets available at gatheringofnations.com and at the gates. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Many of you might already know about a federal program to help people keep their heat on during the winter. Now there's a similar program for water bills. The Low Income Household Water Assistance Program has more than a billion dollars set aside for individuals to help pay their water bills. The money can also go toward fixing certain problems that might prevent access to clean drinking water. The money is available to people from both state and federally recognized tribes and the agency overseeing the program is reaching out specifically to Native residents, noting the increased likelihood that some tribal citizens don't have access to clean water. We're going to find out more about the program today and learn about how some tribes are using the money to help citizens secure water. We'd like to hear your thoughts. What hurdles remain for Native people lacking reliable access to water? Could a federal program help? We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. Phone lines are open. On the show today is Lori Walking Eagle. She's speaking with us from Rosebud, South Dakota, where she is the director of the Lee Heap and Lee Wap programs for the Rosebud Sioux Tribe. She's also an enrolled member of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe. Welcome back to Native America Calling, Lori. Good afternoon. I'm honored to be a part of your show today. Further south and to the west in Kayenta, Arizona, we're joined by Patricia Watchman. She's the office supervisor for the Kayenta District of the Navajo Tribal Utility Authority, or NTUA. She's Navajo. Great to have you on Native America Calling, Patricia. Good morning. It's an honor to be on your show today. Thank you. Well, let's get started. Lori, the Low Income Water Assistance Program sounds really promising. Tell us more about it. 
Well, the LIHEAP program was, um, is a new program. Um, we are in the infancy stages here on the Rosebud. The priority for the program is to restore household water services, reduce any arrearages, um, reduce rates charged to households um, by working with our um, individuals who meet the 150% federal poverty guideline. We will look at uh, not only fixing and weatherizing pipes, but trying to update some of the um, pipes that are aged. And then this will also help pay the bills. I'm doing a hybrid program, one where everyone with LEAP um, will be automatically approved, and then um, they have to follow income guidelines, the state median income. Um, so we are going to be putting out applications within the next two weeks for the four dis counties, which is Millette, Todd, Tripp, and Gregory counties in South Dakota. And what all will go into that application process? What do, uh, what do families need to bring to you to, to get qualified? What I'm, um, it's going to, they'll have to show that they are a member of a federally recognized tribe that they are the head of household and that the water bill and sewer bill are in their names and that they have correct mailing addresses, their E911 to show where their home is, as well as meet the um, federal income guidelines. Now, Lori, how much uh, money will actually be available to these households to cover these water and wastewater bills? Now, dependent upon the level, the matrix, um, so we received a 499,000 grant. 15% of that can be used for um, admin costs. And then the rest will be used for um, maintenance um, payments, arrearages payments. So if they're like a one single household with a $26,000 income or less, they'll qualify for... Um, Anywhere between four to three hundred, and okay. unlike the LEAP program, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Please continue. Oh, so unlike the LEAP program, they're both a supplemental program, but with LEAP we have to pay up to the amount. So if a family was eligible, say for three hundred dollars in utilities each month, but their bill is two hundred and fifty, we pay the two hundred and fifty. If their bill is three hundred and five dollars. We pay the $300, and they have to pay the $5. That's with LEAP. With LEWAP, um, say a water bill is $20, but they're eligible for $40, we pay the $40, which will leave them a reimbursement or a okay. Um, credit. Okay. And these acronyms can get a little bit confusing, so just so our listeners are clear, LEAP, that is specifically for energy costs, right? like electricity or gas, and LIWAP is for the water? Yes, specific to the water and sewers, LIWAP, Low-Income Water Assistance Program, LIAP, which is the Low-Income Home Energy Assistance Program. Um, they can choose between electricity, propane, wood, um, and some have fuel oil. Okay. Now, um, this money to, to cover water bills, um, you mentioned that includes late fees, past due amounts. Now, Lori, will these be direct payments to families or will the funds go directly to the service providers? 
Um, the payments will go directly to the vendors or the service providers. Okay. And then you also mentioned the, the federal poverty guidelines, and those are different uh, depending on the community, the county that, that a family might live in. And you mentioned 150% of federal poverty guidelines. Could you give us a, a rough idea of what amount of income per household in your community um, will be required to, to qualify for this new program then? So LIHEAP um, family or people who are on LIHEAP automatically qualify. But so on, in Todd County, we have the mini Richoni project where we don't pay any water. But in Todd County, say Mission Proper, we have some families that do pay water and sewer. So if they meet the um, state guidelines, we will be paying um, anywhere between, like I said, 40 to $300. In arrearages, we have a young man whose bill was $800. So once we get this program up and running, we would be able to pay that arrearage, um, get him zeroed out, and then start forward with the payments that he's eligible for. So the only the four counties are Millette, Todd, Tripp, and Gregory. Okay. And federal poverty guidelines again. So I'm, I'm just curious, 150%. So let's say like a family of four maybe living there in Todd County. What would be the maximum income that they would, would need then in order uh, to qualify? Do you so know a family the, of four at 100. So a family of four, 150% of the poverty guidelines they would have to make thirty nine thousand or three hundred going into the home, and okay. um, dependent on. Um, I'm just looking at that one of our previous payment matrix. They would get anywhere from three to four hundred. Okay, that's really helpful to know. Great. So, I'm also curious, Lori, how flexible the funds are. Um, because I think of like um, infrastructure maintenance, and there are like so many plumbing issues can create problems, especially in older homes. I'm thinking fixtures, appliances, water lines, sewage. So will folks be able to address some of those issues with this assistance money as well? Um, Yes, we can help with the broken pipes, um, but we can't help with the connection. So like we have people that apply for home sites and then they have to hook up to the main water sewer line. This funding cannot be used for that. We can only help with the, like the broken pipes, um, insulation of pipes, weatherization of pipes, and that's specific to the home. Okay. And then what about if somebody needed like uh, a new toilet or needed uh, a new kitchen faucet or something like that? Could that be included? Mm. No, because it's, our um, the priorities are specific to the restoration and continued services, fixing and weatherization of pipes, um, connecting. Okay. Um, yeah, we can't purchase like a, a um, sink or the toilet bowl um, or faucet fixtures. Okay, understood. And then, Laurie, do you see a a huge need, a significant need for this program there in Rosebud? Yes, there is a need because the individuals who live in the counties 
outside of Todd County that aren't on the Miniwichoni um, pipeline, they pay for their bills and they live, um, they have incomes that are um, subsidized monthly income. So any, any way we can help offset some of those costs is very helpful to our program to our families. Understood. And I realize this is a temporary program as I understand it. So do you know about how long it will be available? Until September 30, 2023. So about a year and a half then folks have to, to get, uh, get a, get the application process going and then to take advantage of the benefits. And then about how long do you think from the time that a, a family will apply until they're actually able to receive the benefits? The individuals that I have working in my office are really uh, quick. And, and this this program sort of mirrors our LEAP program. So our turnaround time is like within a week or two, and then we can get payments out into the vendors. Well, that sounds wonderful, really timely, and it sounds like a, a really, really great benefit to the community there at Rosebud. Listeners, today we are talking about the Low Income Household Water Assistance Program. This is a new federal program that has money set aside for individuals that need help paying their water bills, as well as some critical uh, water infrastructure in Native communities. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if you'd like to learn more about how to access this program, We've got the people to talk to on our show today. Just give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. You're listening to Native America Calling, and we'll be back right after a break. Livable communities start with good planning. But for so long, community planning had few, if any, indigenous voices. Now academic efforts and awareness have helped emphasize the importance of native knowledge and design in making places more welcoming and functional. We'll find out more on the next Native America Calling. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian Country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian Country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A M E R I N D.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Access to clean water is the focus of our show today and a new federal program that promises to assist Native communities who need to build or repair potable water systems and services. If you have questions or comments, give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-996-2848. I'd like to bring Patricia into the conversation now. And Patricia, tell us, uh, how does the, the LIWAP program, uh, how does it look there at Navajo? How are you folks going to implement it? Okay, well, good morning. Thank you again. Uh, so this program that is made available uh, out there for the Native people um, has um, been pretty much in, in process. It's going right now. We do have customers 
that have applied for these type of assistance program through our various <clears throat> entities within the Navajo Nation. Um, so basically what they do is they would apply for these type of programs through various programs that are available through the Navajo Nation. Uh, when they do come to our office to pay their bill and such, we do uh, inform them that these type of assistance programs, such as the one we're talking about, is available out there. So it's been pretty you know, consistent, ongoing um, as we're moving along. Do you have a lot of families that are applying for the benefits? Uh, at this point in time, uh, we uh, so the Navajo Nation at NTUA, we have <clears throat> eight district offices and one sub-offices uh, throughout Navajo land. And so when these customers come in, uh, as far as them coming to the office, uh, that is all dependent on when they come across our counter, then we refer them to the offices that uh, make these uh, programs available so they, they can apply through their office. And once, if their application has been approved and it comes back, uh, it gets processed through to get their utilities paid. Um, so to answer your question, uh, how much is coming in in terms of numbers, um, I, uh, I would say maybe an average um, Numbers come in, maybe depending on how many of them going are going to apply. They, an average, I would say to be comfortable, maybe uh, very few, maybe at least four a week or so that come through our office. Okay, and Lori mentioned up there in Rosebud um, some of the the program requirements income limits, uh, proof of residency, things like that. Do you have similar policies there? Uh, with your program? So um, in any assistance program that are offered, there are usually criteria that they make available that um, that the individuals that are applying for would have to go to those program offices to apply, and there they will be getting their application, and they will also outline what the requirements are. I am pretty sure it's similar to what was mentioned earlier, uh, the income, the CIB, which is a Certificate of Indian Blood, the income verification, and all that information that's needed to process their application. Now, Patricia, I know that there are, are, are some families on the Navajo Nation who don't have indoor plumbing. They haul water. Will those families be able to use these funds to, to improve their, their water access as well? So some of the customers are our customers that come through to um, haul water. We do have watering points in various locations throughout Navajo land. Um, so when they do come here, they do purchase a cart to haul water to take home to their various locations. And these are really remote areas. And the assistance program such as this one is um, – mainly that I am aware of is all those that have running water in their home and not necessarily with the remote area. There are other programs that we partnership, such as Indian Health Services, that would possibly uh, partnership with us to take water to remote areas because the distance and cost uh, will play a factor in that area. But as far as assistance to uh, pay for hauling the water to their home and such, uh, I'm not aware that this program offers that. This is just for the existing utility while water and wastewater in their home. 
Okay. And a serious issue in the Southwest is, is the concern of drought and just the availability of water. And I'm, I'm curious, is this something that the Navajo Tribal Utility Authority will be able to address uh, with some of these funds as well? Uh, as far as the drought is, yes, uh, that is a very much of a great concern for us. It has been out there for uh, a number of years. Uh, we've seen the drought uh, continues to that, that we're faced with. Um, so normally we do our conservation by, you know, informing our uh, communities by reaching out to the various local chapters to inform them of the water droughts and that conservation is something that needs to be done daily, consistently. Um, we convey that to our customers over the counter. We do have flyers that we put out to inform our customers and especially now that summer is going to be around the corner. Um, we haven't seen a lot of rain or snow, you know, over the last, you know, several years or more. Um, so <clears throat> as far as addressing these funds um, with this low-income uh, water assistance program, um, again, uh, that's something, if there are any such thing to maintenance and maintain to address drought, uh, that's something that are more or less looked at separately. So this assistance program is mainly what my understanding is just for the in use right now, use for water and wastewater to their homes. So um, uh, just in general, we do uh, continue educational um, outreach to our customers to address this drought issues that we have. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned on the show earlier, LIWAP is a temporary program. It's going to run until September of 2023. So is it, um, and the funds are limited, obviously. So do you recommend families to apply sooner or later? Because once the money's gone, that's it, right? Yes, very much so. We do really, we'd like to put the word out there, please, you know, do apply because there are criteria that are set forth. Um, and if they are required to turn in certain document, it does take time, some time for them to travel to obtain those type of information that need, is needed to meet the criteria. So, yes, uh, we are asking that, you know, customers can go and apply with these various programs that are out there, such as this one. I believe this is um, processed uh, assistance program through the Navajo Nation Social Services, so they can reach out to them and apply for uh, this assistance program. And Patricia, also, these funds are also in conjunction with other federal dollars to improve bigger infrastructure projects as well as opposed to just uh, the household assistance. So I'm, I'm interested to know, well, some of these bigger water infrastructure projects, will those make a big difference there in the Navajo Nation? Uh, yes, uh, there are, um, of course, uh, Navajo Nation um, and it does partnership uh, with the Indian Health Services where these projects are <clears throat> approved by fiscal year depending on how much uh, is budgeted. And so there are like large water line projects that are set forth out there to connect customers that never had water before. Uh, there are individual requests that can be made by customers that do not live too far off the water main, water line. Uh, those applications we do send through our um, 
headquarters corporate office and they do maintain uh, the information and so that those can be partnershiped up with uh, Indian Health Services in case a project can become a what they call a scatter uh, waterline project so that we can pick up these customers as they are sitting close to the waterline. But those that live further out, it does require other steps and it does get pretty costly. Okay. And I'm also curious, Patricia, what about Navajo families that live in, in some of the surrounding communities off the Navajo Nation? I'm thinking of Flagstaff or Gallup or Farmington area. Will they be eligible for some of these benefits as well? I, to answer the question, I believe uh, I know with the ERAP that was made available not long ago, um, those people were able to apply for those type of assistance. And now with this program, uh, this is pretty much um, something that is fairly new for us. So we are looking into those areas and um, that's something that they, the clients would have to inquire in uh, regarding this program. And do you know, with the pandemic and, and as hard as it hit uh, a lot of Native families, do you know, were, were there a lot of folks that, that had problems paying water bills during the whole pandemic era that hopefully we're through the worst of now? Uh, yes, um, it was um, pretty, um, uh, it was uh, an experience to be part of as a utility company, uh, as an enterprise for the Navajo Nation to see families go through these, um, the COVID that had come upon us. And as a result of it, you know, we do have families that, you know, had to stay home, of course, isolation and, you know, some families were hit hard. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, so, it's taken a bit of time for people to go back to work. Um, some of them are still uh, working from home or with limitation to work and such. And so it did affect their utility bills dramatically. Uh, however, we are working with our customers and we are reaching out to them and uh, letting them know that we're here for them. Uh, however much they can pay, you know, bring it in. You know, we're willing to work with you. Uh, just don't let it wait too long, you know, and the cost, you know, your bills is just going to go up each month and try to retain that. And so they've been doing that. Some of them have been coming in, paying as much, you know, as little as, you know, maybe $50, bring it in, you know, and then next time, you know, how much can you pay? And, you know, some of them are very appreciative of that. Um, so we are working continuously to let them know that we are here for them. And the programs such as this program that we are now aware of are available out there. We have, you know, we'll refer them to the offices who they need to speak with and such. So we're continuing to be here for our customers, which we work with every day. Now, Patricia, as I understand it, the pandemic, it did expose some water access problems there on the Navajo Nation. And I'm interested to know, did did you folks learn more and, and um, come up with some solutions for, for how to change things so they work better in terms of just getting general water access out there to the communities? I Can you kind of... Um, question yeah that. yeah I'm, so, 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I know that, you know, there were some challenges uh, in a lot of Native communities with just getting water access to folks during the pandemic. And I'm interested what you folks learned from that pandemic experience with regard to some of these water issues. So um, during the pandemic, um, we, uh, as a utility company, of course, we remained open and we uh, followed the CDC and Navajo Nation uh, COVID guidelines and to ensure that we maintained and took care of our water systems, that uh, good water, uh, drinking water to our customers, and that was maintained and it was kept up with, including the wastewater, of course, um, that were uh, that we maintain as well. So um, as far as challenges, uh, we were able to maintain and provide uh, water and wastewater to our customers during this time. So there was not a time where we were closed. We were there for our customers. We're a 24-7 uh, utility company, multi-utility company. So we were able to provide those services to our customers. And as such, we also have uh, the watering point where people that do not have water came to get water you know, to their homes as well. So that's how we were able to assist during that time. Mm-hmm. And the Navajo Tribal Utility Authority, um, is, this, is this a Navajo-owned, tribally-owned utility company? Uh, yes, it is. We are very proud to know that, uh, to let people know that we are 100% Navajo-owned enterprise uh, within the Navajo Nation. So, uh, yes, we are. And how many people do you serve? We approximately serve about 40,000 uh, residential customers uh, across the Navajo land, and we uh, have a range of 27,000 square mile uh, within the Navajo Nation reservation. And the water that you supply, where does it come from? The water that we supply to our customers, uh, they are uh, ground surface water, which we have brought up to the surface, and it, uh, it's pumped up, and then it goes to the well, and then, of course, it's taken up to the water tanks. From there, you know, it's normally elevated, and then it's distributed to the communities, uh, to our customers. and. Uh, there is uh, one uh, area that we do purchase water, which is along the San Juan uh, Basin uh, River, um, which is just on the Four Corners area and the Farmington, New Mexico area, where we bring in water from the min, uh, water municipal area. So that's the only one. But uh, everything is pretty much from ground surface water. What? I realize what a what a tall order it is to supply water to to so many residents there on the Navajo Nation. So I really applaud you folks with um, all the services that you provide. And and you mentioned uh, you know in terms of other resources that are available to Navajo people uh, with with water issues. And, and you mentioned Indian Health Service as one. But are there are there other resources available for folks who might need help with the water bill or energy costs in addition to this LIWAP money that we're talking about today? Okay, yes, and some, uh, a couple of programs that are out there we have indicated. Um, some, some of the programs they only offer just for energy assistance. Uh, there are, uh, there was one that we had uh, come across that we have noted and 
they can assist with water, and it's, I believe it's on the Utah side. Um, so we've also informed our customers that those might be available if they go through their chapter uh, to see if they could be of assistance to um, have their water bills paid for. Um, we do also have the local chapters that may be of assistance to them as well if they go to their local chapters. And of course, they do also have criteria applications that they need to fill out in order to be eligible. And uh, so that's how we've been uh, letting them know. Great information, Patricia. Thank you. And listeners, uh, if you have water issues, we'd sure like to hear about them. Um, we're curious to know how did the pandemic affect your ability to pay utility bills? Or we'd like to know if you're taking advantage of LIWAP or any low-income household water assistance programs. Give us a call. We've got the lines open. We'd love to hear from you. one 800 996 2848. Again, we're talking about the Low Income Household Water Assistance Program and other efforts to improve water access in our tribal communities. We're going to be back right after this short break. If you're hurting in your relationship or have been affected by sexual violence, StrongHeart's Native Helpline is a no-charge, 24-7, confidential and anonymous domestic, dating, and sexual violence helpline for Native Americans. Help is available by calling 1-844-7-NATIVE or by clicking on the chat icon on strongheartshelpline.org. This program is supported by StrongHeart's Native Helpline. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Clean water is essential for life. However, not all Native communities have reliable access to potable water, which creates public health challenges and disparities. Give us a call to share your questions and comments. We'd like to learn about any water issues impacting your community. 1-800-996-2848, the number to call. Also, 1-800-99-NATIVE. Patricia, a quick question. Where can Navajo citizens go to get more information about uh, LIWAP and other water assistance programs? Okay, so they can uh, call or email us um, with directly a phone number, which is 1-800-528-5011. Or they could email. We do have a website under ntua.com, and there's more information in there. Uh, It does list the district offices and the respective personnel at those districts that could be of further assistance, being that we do have districts and offices smaller offices throughout the Navajo Nation uh, that is operated by our office in TUA. Each of those district offices do work with the local Navajo Nation entities that oversee some of these programs. So they have their list of contacts and directory who they can talk with. They'll provide their phone number and where to go and where to apply. So we can certainly do that as well. Or people can go online and go into the Navajo Nation website, and there are services that are posted in there that they could look into and uh, perhaps even apply online in some cases. 
Wonderful. Thank you again, Patricia. And and Loria, I want to ask you the same same question. They're up in Rosebud. Where can folks go to get more information about water bill assistance? Well, they can call our office, which is 605-747-5273. They can also call our water resource um, offices, which is 605-747-2378. That's Water Resources, and Young Cologne is the director of that program. Um, We will be going out into the communities from the Lighting office um, doing outreach in each of our 20 communities. And um, with the individuals that are already certified for LIHEAP, we will just be making them automatically enrolled into the LIWAP program. Well, that'll be nice. Just streamline that process for folks. Just make it easier to access the funds. That's good to hear. And, and Lori, earlier Patricia mentioned some of these larger infrastructure projects that the Navajo Nation is um, looking into as well with these LIWAP funds. And are you folks looking at similar types of projects there in Rosebud to just provide overall better access to the community to water? That's um, our program, our water resources program and our water and sewer program. We have two, um, Syed Hug and um, Young Clome are the directors of those, and they are the ones that deal with the infrastructure as well as our IHS program. Gotcha. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm curious to know, are, are you folks communicating with other tribes, other native communities in terms of how they're using the program and, and sharing ideas? I know I've been involved in several conference calls. Um, we're broken into regions. So I've heard some of what they were doing in California and down in Arizona on those conference calls, but they have state and tribal um, mixed. Okay. And, and Lori, I'm also curious to know the pandemic. What was the impact there in Rosebud in terms of folks and their water bills? I, from the information that I received calling the different water utilities program, there, is, there are some arrearages that people have. Um, that our program's going to be willing to pay. So based upon that, I would say that they were having some trouble um, making their payments. Okay, so arrearages and then, right, gotcha. And then reconnections as well. So they could just be really, really helpful for folks that that are struggling uh, with with just getting the water bill uh, back up up to date as well. So good to hear that information. And Lori, what about some, uh, what, what are the specific water access issues up there at Rosebud? I mean, down in the Southwest, we were talking about drought earlier. What, what are some unique challenges that you folks face up there in the Northern Plains? I'm thinking it, it's the connection to once a person like gets a home site dependent upon where their home site is located, um, the, the link from their home site to the main water line I think, and then the money, um, being able to have the programs um, connect those home sites to the main water line, and that's something that LEAP or LEWAP is unable to do because I did try to write that into our model plan and was told that that was one area that we didn't work in. So that would be through IHS Water Resources. Mm-hmm. 
And where does the, the water there in Rosebud, where does it come from? A mini Wichoni line, which is out of the Iwahi Dam, I believe, up in Pier, which is about 100 miles um, north of the Rosebud Reservation. That's where the main water source comes from for the Rosebud. And then um, in the outer lying areas, um, I'm actually not real clear. Like I said, this is the infancy stage that I'm at, and I'm just gathering data. Sure, sure, we understand. Um, so I, I think a lot of folks are, are looking at uh, the uh, the energy assistance program, the LEHEAP program, is kind of a model for for the low income water household water assistance program. And you folks have been doing the LEHEAP program now for uh, several years, I think. So how how has that worked out so far? Do you think it's had a, a really positive impact there in the community? For, for the Rosebud, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Lori. Go ahead, and then I'll have. Yeah, go ahead, and then I'll have Patricia respond. For the Rosebud Sioux tribe, I believe that it has and has had a major impact. Um, we have roughly 2,800 housing units um, that are tribal enrolled members in the five district in the four counties. And we help about 1,200 of those, so um, roughly just under 45% of the households are income eligible for LIHEAP. Um, we run two programs. One is the heating, during the heating season, which is from October 1 to March 30th. And then we have a cooling season that runs from April 1 to September 30th. Now this year we're able to use some of our ARPA funding um, as we were last year to do the cooling season based upon the federal income guidelines, which is 150%. In the years past, the tribe would give 500000 to the LEHAP to help with um, elders and zero-income families during the cooling season, which is April 1 through September 30th. Okay. Thanks for that information, Lori. And Patricia, I wanted to ask you the same thing. Has, has LIHEAP been a success there in the Navajo Nation, do you think? Uh, yes, it definitely has um, through these, uh, pro this particular program that you are talking about. Uh, we have seen, um, has, as payments do get applied to their utility bill, you can see when they do come to pay their bill, they see that the payment was made and they just you know, are very thankful that, you know, this assistance have come through for them. And as a result of it, their bill, you know, whatever the balance is left, we work with them, And as I was saying. Um, and we tell them, you know, just keep paying what you can. Um, perhaps in the future there might be other programs that could be available. And um, so, you know, it's a, a positive experience for those that get qualified and they get the assistance um, because with, as we were saying with the COVID pandemic, you know, there was a period of time where, you know, uh, uh, seemed like it was a time standstill. And so now all of a sudden it's starting to move again and we're seeing these things happening and, you know, the assistance for the people, for the Navajo Diné people, you know, it, it, it's a positive experience across the board for everybody. And Patricia, we mentioned earlier how 
essential water is for life. And I, I think our listeners would, would really like to learn more about the cultural relationship that the Navajo people have with water and their water sources. Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. Uh, so as we always say, you know, water is life. And that's one of our key, main key thing to our life here when we come to Earth, you know, when we're born to Mother Earth, which, you know, in traditionally we say the Earth is our Mother Earth, what is made of is, you know, your water, your air, and fire. You know, that's what we live and that's what we have to use every day. And so we say, you know, preserve water, you know, use it wisely. And that's what we convey even through our uh, everyday, you know, contact with our customers. You know, if there's a water leak or something's not working, we have these little, you know, cartoons or little things that we have that, you know, we even give to the children to share, you know. So they're also aware of it, not necessarily just adults, you know, because water is precious, and that's something that we have to really be uh, have that conservation set mind every day, and that's how we approach it. So traditionally, our culture, Navajo way, you know, water is life. You know, we respect it too as well, and we have to take care of it. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah, and and it certainly is. It certainly is. water is life. I think that's so profound, and, and so many Native people can can relate to that. And Lori, I want to ask you as well the the cultural relationship with water there amongst the Rosebud people. Can you talk about that a little bit as well? Um, I want to preface with I'm not an expert, but uh, this LIAP or LIWAP is getting my feet wet and in the infancy stages of developing. But I do know that when our tribe says, Yasi, we're all related, that everything has an energy and you respect everything within that circle. Um, we too have the same philosophies that, you know, you don't take more than what you need, um, that you respect what is given to you from Mother Nature, Mother Earth. And that they use the water within our ceremonies, um, as well as just, you know, the, the daily habit of drinking the water and, and getting the energy from the water sources, and that it, it is life and that you respect it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you as well for sharing. Really, really inspiring to hear words like this regarding our native cultures and our relationships with the land and the water. And, and I think sometimes when we, we have discussions like this, we get so bogged down with just the specifics of, of these programs and income requirements and uh, application processes. And it's good to just put that into perspective and understand what the significance is of water as a resource and how it ties in with our, with our programs in such a, uh, in such a profound way. So I, I want to thank uh, both of you folks for, for providing that information as well. And Patricia, is there anything else you'd like to share about the, the Navajo uh, Nation Utility Authority, the Tribal Utility Authority, or anything else uh, before we wrap up the show? Yeah, I just am um, very fortunate to have worked for the utility company, the Navajo Tribal Utility Company for about 32 years, and it's all been very uh, positive, inspirational scene, and working with uh, my Diné people 
you know, coming back to Navajo land and being part of this great uh, workforce that we have, you know, within the NTUA and the multi-utility company that we have. And being able to participate in this, you know, has been an awesome experience. And, you know, of course, we're an enterprise for the Navajo Nation. And, you know, it's all been great um, as we continue to see growth and development um, and for more years to come, of course. And so I just want to <clears throat> uh, thank you for inviting us uh, on this program so we're able to share this. And as we're going forward to assist our valued customers, you know, every day we're here for them to uh, have them tap into various uh, programs and as such to, so that they can also be able to experience what it's like to have water, uh, including other utility services that we offer as well as wastewater and such. So uh, as we continue to grow and develop, um, we are here for our customers, and we are here 24-7, and it's just a, a, an exceptional company to work for and to be part of. So I just wanted to share that, and, you know, it's moving forward, and it's growing, and we have a lot of great leaders here within the uh, Navajo Tribal Utility Authority. Wonderful, wonderful. Well-spoken. Lori, uh, I'm going to give you the final word. I, I'm curious, what do you like best about your job? What's the best part? I think the flexibility that we have um, having the program here on the Rosebud Reservation, that we also have to, we, we are multicultural, is how I would put that. So we, we have to do the reporting, we have to do the guidelines, for the LIEP office, and our my D.C. counterpart, Vicki Pertlow, is amazing. Um, I've had a really good working relationship with them. David here at the state level has very, been very open, and then our tribal leadership, um, President Herman, they've been very open and uh, supportive, and it is um, a resource that is needed, but also being mindful that it's a supplemental program, that it's a program that you are not to depend on um, this mm -hmm. utility program because the funding may not be there. Um, I had an elder okay. call my office and speak with an intake specialist, and she said she appreciated how um, the program was being run because it helped her grow up um, and, and realize you know, these skills. So there's a lot of education, and, and I think it's a wonderful program to work for. Big thanks to my guests today, Lori Walking Eagle and Patricia Watchman. Join us again tomorrow. We've got another highly informative show planned when we'll discuss Indigenous community planning. Hope you can tune in. Until then, I'm Sean Spruce. Thanks for listening to Native America Calling. Smoking gave me COPD, which makes it harder and harder for me to breathe. I have a tip for you. If your doctor gives you five years to live, spend it talking with your grandchildren. Explain to them that your grandpa's not going to be around anymore to share his wisdom and his love. I haven't figured out how to do that yet, and I'm running out of time.
COPD makes it harder and harder to breathe and can cause death. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. CMS programs are available to help manage diabetes in our communities. Enroll today. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.